0: This is the Books and Authors Fantasy and Sci-Fi Podcast, Episode 159. Good day and welcome to this episode of the Books and Authors Fantasy and Sci-Fi Podcast. I'm your host, podcaster and author of Fun Fantasy Reads, Jamie Davis. This podcast is exactly what the title says it is, folks. It's a show we refocus on everything to do with sci-fi and fantasy books, from epic fantasy to urban fantasy, space opera to military sci-fi. You name it, we bring you the biggest and brightest authors from all the various corners of the fantasy and sci-fi book world, and we try to bring them to you here each week on the show. Kicking off things this week, I'm going to start off with my own author update. I finished up the first draft of Paramedic Sorceress this week. And I'm going to jump um, into that next week from editing, but in the meantime, I'm working on preparing a short story for publication in an upcoming fantasy book anthology. I'll have more on that as it gets closer to release, um, but I always take a week off after I finish the first draft of a story um, just to kind of let it sit and percolate a little bit in my brain so it's not so fresh, and then I can get back into it, um, and it'll be um, ready, ready for me to do a second pass and get it ready for the editor. As always, you can check out more about everything I'm up to, including sneak peeks at upcoming covers, special giveaways, and a lot more. Please visit my fan group over on Facebook, Jamie's Fun Fantasy Readers. And of course, you can also head over and check out my website at jamiedavisbooks.com. Either place, I love to hear from you, so leave a comment or fill out the contact form. Um, I respond back to everything that comes in, and I'd love to chat with you. Okay, joining us this week on the show is author A.R. Harlow. A.R. is from a small town in Missouri and relocated to the city a year ago. She has a five-year-old daughter who is the light of her life and an amazing partner who keeps her balanced. Her work has been published in several anthologies, and she's published short stories online with Short Fiction Break. She enjoys writing, spending time with her family, taking photographs, and riding her motorcycle. We chat about her series, The Finding Chronicles, with two books out so far, We Must Find Her and I've Lost My Way. Listen as we talk about her characters, how magic systems must have limitations, and a whole lot more. Check it out. A.R. Harlow, it's great to have you here on the Books and Authors Fantasy and Sci-Fi Podcast. Welcome to the show.
1: Well, thank you for having me on the show. It is a pleasure to be here.
0: So the folks out there don't know this, but um, we actually talked before and the recording got corrupted. So we had to get back together and re-record this a few months later. So I want to thank you for being perseverant and sticking with uh, keeping in touch with me. Um, But I think people are going to be really excited to hear about um, your news in general and what's been going on since we talked the last time. So why don't you introduce yourself for our uh, readers out there?
1: All right, so everybody out there listening, I am A.R. Harlow. I am a St. Louis transplant. I started in the rural Missouri country, which is the inspiration behind a lot of my stories growing up playing dragons in the woods and imagining rescuing princesses from the streams and all of that fun stuff that comes with living in the country. So I just moved to St. Louis in the midst of the pandemic last year in January, and it has been hectic, crazy, and also fun. Uh, My life stays pretty busy. When I'm not writing, I enjoy reading. I enjoy going out on four-wheelers and motorcycles. I enjoy spending time with my family and with my boyfriend and just hanging out with people and learning new things. So uh, that's kind of me in a nutshell. Uh, I write fantasy books for the most part, uh, I dabble with urban fantasy, uh, romance, poetry. Uh, so you'll see me in a lot of different genres here in the next couple of years.
0: Excellent. And let's let's dig right into your book because it it's, looks awesome. I love the cover on it. And um, it's book one in the Finding Chronicles called We Must Find Her. Can you set, the, uh, set it up for us and tell us a little bit about how it goes?
1: Alright, so you're in this fantasy-esque setting, but it's not medieval knights and dragons. At least, not right now. (laughs) Uh, You've got this magical school, but instead of following a teenager at this magical school, you're following two adults as they assimilate into teaching positions and a security guard. And they are in this wide, magical universe searching for their missing daughter, and a last-ditch lead kind of puts them there at this school called Blystone. So they're looking for their daughter, and along the way, they encounter a lot of different students, a lot of different staff, a lot of different people who have all these different stories. And while they're trying to muddle through their own problems, they realize that the world doesn't just revolve around their problems and their missing daughter. There are other people out there hurting. So I kind of call this a fantasy family drama because it doesn't just focus on the magic. Yes, it's got magic. It's got all the things that you kind of expect to see in fantasy. You know, it's got a little bit of a language of its own, world building, uh, just like teleportation, basically all the typical fantasy trademarks that you kind of expect to see, but we kind of turn that on its head and we're focusing on this family. It's very character driven.
0: And, and you mentioned in the notes you sent to me that, you know, it was important to understand that, that magic just can't fix everything. And I think that's one of the things that a lot of fantasy stories get wrong is that they, they they have it seem like fantasy, the magic system is the solution to all the problems and that it's going to just fix it and make it all. It's almost all powerful.
1: Oh, yeah. And that is something that was so important to me when I set out to write this series was to make it where the magic is not just a fix-all, where you can wave a wand or, you know, throw a penny in a well, and it's going to suddenly fix everything. In this setting, magic doesn't fix everything. Yes, you have more tools. Like, they have more abilities and resources to try to locate their daughter. But at the same time, the people who could take somebody, the people who can make people disappear in this particular world, in this particular universe, they have also more resources to cover it up because of the magic. So, magic doesn't just solve problems. It can also create problems because, oh, well, you can can throw some dirt on the ground and say a certain word, and you can bring up an image, so to speak, of the person in their location. Well, there's a way to counteract that. So, if there is a solution, in this case to finding their daughter, there's also something that is working against it. So, you don't just get magic where they can just snap their fingers and they can be where their daughter is if she's even still alive.
0: That's interesting because that's just the a theme I'm actually working through in a book I'm writing right now where um it's it's the the main character's humanity that is is likely to be the part that saves the day not the magical being that might be part of his self. Um and And that's something that he's struggling with trying to understand where the true power within him comes from.
1: Yeah, and it is such a fun theme to explore. I mean, don't get me wrong. I love a good fantasy where I can just sit down and magic fixes the problems because wouldn't it be nice to just snap your fingers and suddenly you weren't broke? I mean, obviously... But, uh, I think that's part of the fun with, uh, writing these stories is we all tell them in different ways and we can all draw on similar themes and we can come up with something totally different from each other.
0: That's, that's so true. Um, now I know you've got a book two in this series. So i coming along pretty soon now. Um, and how's that progressing for you?
1: So book two is with the editor. Uh, book two's title is I've lost my way. um, Book two is more than 80% done, and with the editor going through it, so that way when they give me back their notes, I can start processing through them. I've already started processing through some of the notes and adding in scenes because it was a pretty solid draft. So uh, the way that I write differs a little bit with my draft system. I can usually go through and write a complete draft that needs – very minimal edits as far as, like, grammatical problems and changes. And sometimes I just need to add more scenes into it and then just tighten everything up. That's where I... That's where I differ in my process of it. So we're in that part of the process in the transitional phase where the editor is finishing up on book two and I'm working on adding in the additional scenes that it needs. So I would say that it will be out very soon. I don't want to give an official date because my editors had some health issues. So giving them a little bit of leeway and a little bit of time to get better and then we'll go from there. Uh, I'd say within the next three months, though, you should see book two on Amazon.
0: Awesome. Uh, and and I, I think that's, you know, it's interesting. I, I've talked to a lot of writers about their their various processes for, you know, getting a book finished. And I, I think for everyone I've talked to, I've I've come up with an equal number of ways to write a book. Um, I think that's <laughs> interesting how we all come about this in a different way.
1: Yeah, it is so interesting how we all just have this different process and different style to our writing, but we still come up with a finished product in the end. And most readers end up either loving them or hating them, but we come up with something that some people find enjoyable, which is awesome.
0: Now, I think you mentioned earlier before we started recording that there's an audiobook for book one coming soon. How was that process for you? What was it like um, going through the, the 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 process of of getting your book created into an audiobook format?
1: Okay, so the process has actually been kind of fun. I have somebody who has been doing some audiobooks on and off for the years, and she can do all sorts of different voices and dialects and She has done a great job bringing the characters to life like uh, the way that she likes to work and the way that I wanted somebody to work was to um, send me like as they went. So that way I could say, you know, you could you could work on this voice a little bit because it doesn't sound quite right. And so we were able to do that because there were a couple of voices that she just didn't really hit the first time. I was like, you know, can we try to re-record that and we'll see where we stand after we've re-recorded it? She's like, yeah, absolutely. So she re-recorded some of the lines and she gave it a different inflection and a little bit of a different accent and it was golden. So it's been fun to listen to that come together and it's definitely been great to consume my story as a listener would. So that's been an interesting experience to be able to disconnect myself enough from my story. And instead of viewing it through the lens of the author eyes, I got to enjoy it as a reader, as a listener, as a consumer. So that's been a lot of fun because I can see, you know, how things came together. Um, I mean, I've also noticed some things. It's like, man, the author could have done a little bit better at this part. So um, just things that I like as a reader and as a listener of audiobooks. So it's kind of given me a little bit more perspective and given me some ideas on how to tweak my process a little bit further.
0: Yeah, I found the same thing. Um, you know, producing audiobooks of my work has changed my voice a little bit because I want to. I write, I write slightly differently because i I'm, I'm aware of the process of creating an audiobook and how it will sound as much as how it will read and so I, I tend to change some things here and there to uh, to change the way it Produces an audio form as well, and it doesn't take anything away from the written version. Um, no one would even really notice. It's just little things that help the narrator sound better and and the the, the text flow better in that format. But um, I'm I'm right there there with you. It is such a disconnect to be able to sit back and listen to someone else perform your words back to you because it's like, it's like an out of body experience in a way because it's not really you anymore. It's not really your book. You're, you're hearing it with fresh, with a fresh sense of attention.
1: Exactly. That's a really good way to put it.
0: So you've got some other things going on. I know we talked about, um, you, you're in the middle of another process. Um, you talked about uh, how a a recent um, find of a new audio, a new book cover sparked a new project for you. Tell me a little bit how that happened.
1: Okay. So, you know, being in the indie world, there's all sorts of cover groups on Facebook. I'm in a lot of them for all the different designers to try to find things that either fit stories that I have or to start getting on the customs lists, for the designers for when I need a book cover for specific projects that I might be working on. So uh, it was during an event. They were doing big cover event for uh, Valentine's Day. And this person posted this beautiful cover of this vampire. And it just sent shockwaves through me and it was like oh my god I have to have this cover it is just amazing and it has been a good investment on this part because I have been writing a ton behind this cover I mean if I keep up at this rate, I'm going to have several finished books by the time we get to May or June of this year. So I think that that's definitely a lot more helpful considering the pandemic really kind of slowed my writing down last year. I could say that I almost took like a hiatus from writing. So to really get back into writing and back into writing every day, because I just can't wait to sit down at the computer to continue this story. It's been fantastic.
0: And and folks out there that don't understand what exactly what AR is talking about, the there are cover designers out there that don't make covers based upon your description that you send them. But they also, during their free time, will design covers of stories and characters and settings that they see in their artistic vision for what a story might be. And the beauty of that is they're pre-made covers that you can just, you know, you tell them what the title's gonna be. And they put your author name on there rather than a John Doe name. But the image behind the cover is something that sparks an interest in you. And I've, I've seen so many of those that just instantly, I'm like, wow, I want to write that person's story. I want to write that character's story. I want to know why they're sitting there with that gleam in their eye right now. Um, and, and so I can imagine how that must have sparked a similar thing with you.
1: Yes. I mean, I'm not new to doing the pre-made cover buying process, but most of the time when I buy something, it's for a work in progress I already have, where the cover matches up pretty well to existing characters, existing backstory, or existing something in my universe that I want to continue or expand upon. So, I mean, I've got a nice backlog of covers, which would be an entirely different show, to be honest and an entire different segment if we got into the depth of all the different works in progress that are sitting there just, you know, waiting for the right time. My main focus is still on my series, but this fun little project that I'm doing on the side from the cover that sparked my interest, um, it's just really getting me back into writing. And so I'm just taking my time trying to ease back into a semi-normal writing routine. Because before the pandemic hit, I was working on book two, and I was doing a little bit of the fill-in scenes for book three that I could write before book two was finished. And then the pandemic hit, and everything just kind of came to a standstill because inspiration just kind of dried up because, you know, not being able to go out places, not being around friends and family, uh, struggles with work, all the typical things that many of you have probably experienced during this time it's you know and it definitely has affected the creative process so uh i'm just babying myself as i ease back into writing and just working a little bit at a time on my main project which is my series i know readers tend to like a completed series because you don't have to worry about the author suddenly stopping in the middle of it or waiting 10 years for a book so Uh, I can say that's not going to be the case with my series I'm going to try to get the rest of it published within the next two years I would like it to be done this year awesome so that's that's my goals for the series there are five books total as it stands we have one book out one book that should be out in the next three months and then following that I'm hoping that uh, the right momentum comes, and it can just get popped out one at a time and get them done this year because I already know where the story's going, where the characters are going, and what we need to happen to get there so
0: no that's exciting and and I completely agree with you that the pandemic has thrown so many of us for a loop um and it really is you know it's really put the world on hold in so many ways and and i I know. I don't know any creative out there who hasn't had some impact from the the pandemic on their process, on their inspiration, um, you know, in some way, shape or form it's had an impact.
1: Yeah, exactly. Uh, so that's why I'm just taking it easy with my creative process while I try to get it back. I don't want to rush through it and then, you know, lose what I've got back to this point.
0: For sure. So what's a good place for folks to kind of follow what you're doing and see what's coming up next after they've read uh, We Must Find Her and are waiting for the next book to come out? Where, where can they follow you?
1: Uh, the quickest and easiest place where I'm the most active is on my Facebook. Uh, I'm working on revamping my author page and all of that other stuff because of the Facebook changes that they keep doing. So I'm going to be reworking that a little bit, and then I'll be launching a blog uh, and a podcast and some author interviews of my own later this
0: year. Well, that's exciting. Um, we didn't know—I didn't know about that. Uh, so that's that's must, that must be something you're looking forward to.
1: Yes, I'm looking forward to being able to do all of that. I'm planning on doing some blog-style interviews. I'm also planning on doing some interviews like what we're doing right now for other authors and maybe even trying to get on some of the cover designers that way they can maybe talk a little bit about their what they're doing and what they want authors to know when they're buying covers and things like that so uh, just looking forward to diving into the creative process and working with other creatives and just expanding what I do this year that's kind of what my plan is for the year is to just grow in all the directions creatively that I possibly can
0: well, I think that's great. And you know, you should even include having your narrator come on and talk about that process because I'm sure a lot of people would like to hear a little bit about how the two of you collaborated to put the audiobook out.
1: Yes. And it would be lovely to have her on. I know that she would be a delight to have on and it would be interesting to hear what it's like from that end of the microphone about, narrating somebody's book and how to come up with the voices after you've read the book and everything else.
0: Well, it has been wonderful having you on the show. I know this is our second time around through this, but it, se- it seems like it's gone very well. And, and I'm excited to hear about all the stuff you have going on that's that's just been updated in the last few months since we talked the first time. Um you can, I know you can be found on Facebook under AR Harlow. Um, you have a, a website, which I'll have a link to, um, arharlow.com. And that's H A R L O W, arharlow.com. So thanks for coming on the show. And I hope to hear more from you as your other books come out.
1: All right. That sounds great. Thanks so much for having me.
0: And that's going to wrap up this episode of the Books and Authors Fantasy and Sci-Fi Podcast. Make sure you catch up with us for a whole lot more from the fantasy and sci-fi-focused community, both over on their Facebook group and, of course, over at Fantasy-Podcast. Focus.com, where you'll find the podcast episodes. And of course, also below each podcast episode audio player on each page, you'll find links to subscribe to the show on your favorite mobile app. So I hope you'll do that. You can subscribe on iOS, Android. You can even subscribe to get notifications by email if you want. But do that because we have some awesome authors coming up for you in the next few months, including our next featured author, Anne C. Miles. So make sure you come back for that one. Anyway, that's it for this episode of the Books and Authors Fantasy and Sci-Fi Podcast. As always, I'm your host, Jamie Davis, author of Fun Fantasy Reads. Don't forget to follow me over on Facebook on my Facebook group, Jamie's Fun Fantasy Readers, or at my website, jamiedavisbooks.com, where you can get a free copy of uh, one of my books if you sign up for my newsletter. There's a link to do that right in the right-hand side of the website at jamiedavisbooks.com. Whatever you do, though, subscribe and come back here for the next podcast episode. And while you're waiting, don't forget to keep your eyes open out there, folks, because there's magic all around you.